welcome back to fill me in new episode you know the deal we'd cover the phillies this year fill me in uh, the nasal edition yeah my name's mitch aka Mitty, and i'm under the weather my name is gordon and i'm i'm just okay and i'm a phillies fan <laughs> uh and that beautiful silence means that our good friend Andrew, the Yankees fan, is not with us tonight. Well, I mean, he's he's with us. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, right? he. Well, last I checked, so he's still with us, but he's not feeling well either. Him mm. and I actually had seen each other last week. Oh boy! And we both caught colds. Um. So yeah, I kind of regret making out with him, but that is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm glad you guys didn't fill me in that day, huh? Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, so Andrew's not here. Unfortunately, he's not feeling the greatest, and we didn't want to strain his voice anymore. But also, I think uh, we didn't want to subject him to the terrible updates that we're going to have to give during this episode because of how poorly uh, the Phillies, not our Phillies at this point, I'll say the Phillies have been playing. It's it really hasn't been good. Yeah, this is kind of like let's just like quick run these episodes like into the confessional and just like offer them up and 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 leave. Like we want these series to just be forgotten. And so maybe Andrew just won't ever hear about them. So he won't be filled in on these episodes. He'll just remember all the good times that we've had. This year. <laughs> I mean, we did say he's not with us, so that's true. That's true. So, yeah, like our our plan coming down the stretch here was to have some more frequent episodes. So we committed to that as a group. And then, of course, now like two of us are not feeling great and the Phillies are doing what they're doing to us. So, yeah, this is kind of like a hate recording episode here. <laughs> we committed the to listeners doing... hate the recording. That's what they say in my circles, Mitch. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, this, we wanted to get more episodes out. So we're doing it. But this is uh, our hearts not in it tonight, I guess. Last time that we were together, we covered series all the way up through September 2nd, which was we were wrapping up the national series uh, of which we we swept those those fools. So in that time, we played the Marlins, the Brewers and the Rockies. There were three series in there, all of them horrendous in each of their own ways. I I can't even begin to approach the town square because I'm too somber. Like, I can't even lift my head to address the crowds. No, it's we couldn't. That bad. We couldn't be bothered to even come up with them. So, I mean, there's no headlines right now, but, you know, we know Andrew can't get enough of us, so he is going to listen to this episode. So we got to fill him in somehow. It's true. The headline should read SOS. Please, please send help. S no SOS save our ship. Not please SOS save our season. Is that anything? Okay. Is that something? Um, a little bit simple. All right. That might that could be construed as a compliment at some point in time so i'll take it yeah man let's touch on the games uh and quickly if possible i'm feeling like 10 pounds and a five pounder right now if you know what i mean 
100% uh, know what you mean by that. No question. So Phillies went down to Miami September 3rd. After their streak of seven runs in every game, they were just blasting the ball. They drop first game of the series three to ten. So lost by seven runs. So I guess the seven streak continued if you if you do that kind of math, but <laughs> kind of lifeless in the game there. Um I, yeah, it was it was bad. Um Marlins just just beat up on us. Game two, it was was really no better. Not one singular bit. Uh, dropped this one uh, in a slightly more heartbreaking fashion. Something about 10-3 in game one. You know, just like, well, I just got beat. But this one we dropped 3-2. to uh, And we were up 2 nothing for, you know, from the fourth inning on. 0-0 to the fourth. We take a 2 nothing lead in the fourth. And then we surrender uh, in just incredible fashion. Uh, three runs in the bottom of the eighth and then do not respond in the ninth whatsoever. This was a Ranger Suarez start. He went five, you know, two hits over five with seven strikeouts. Ranger doing Ranger things. But then uh, Hector, Brogdon, and Bradley came in and just threw it all away. And so lost that one three to two. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, when you go to game three, and you see the Phillies got the win, you think, okay, little bit of a slight salvage job. They did what they had to do in game three to walk out of there with a win, maybe best foot forward kind of a thing. But that's not really the story of the game because mm-hmm. the Phillies were went down in the second inning. They were, they were already losing. They showed some life in the fourth and then allowed the Marlins to come back and tie it up. So you know, no momentum at all. No, neither team scored in the last three innings of of the uh, of the seventh, eighth, ninth. Nobody scored, and then all of a sudden, somehow the Phillies get a miraculous RBI from Adubel Herrera mm. to just somehow snatch a victory. So you know they were really one hit away from getting swept by the Marlins here. And this, if I'm not mistaken, Mitch, was also uh, a rare full bullpen game for us. So you could say that any game that Rangers starts is a bullpen game, but this was like we did not throw a traditional starter the entire game. Yeah, and it it worked this time, sort of, uh, but a little uh, foreshadowing. It doesn't always work. That's yeah, that's it doesn't always work. And that's really what you want out of somebody who's really contending to play in October. You just want to throw some randos out there. That's a great strategy that often wins in the MLB. Yeah, well, you know, there actually is a team who on the other side of this has been going with a six-man starting rotation. Uh, so you know, talk about being blessed with some assets. That team happens to be none other than the Milwaukee Brewers. Hmm. We visited upon them next. It was game one of the series, and it was all fills. And I'll, I'll say this. This was a Wheeler outing, so already going into a Wheeler outing, you're feeling good, right? Like, that's already a good thing. But he's going up against Woodruff, who, like, you know, Wheeler, Woodruff, that's 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 top-tier stuff. We're, we're seeing some baseball today. And the Phillies just tacked it on. Nine hits off of Woodruff. Four earned runs. He only had six Ks, did he, against the Phils. And we just spread it out over all nine innings. I mean, there was, 
we, we, I mean, our big inning was the seventh. We blew, or excuse me, in the eighth. We blew it open in the eighth with seven runs um, when we just exploded on them dudes. But, like, it is th- – this was not the story of the series, sadly. I wish that it was. But this is completely demonstrative of who the Phillies have been all year long. It just is feast or famine. And this was, this was a feast day, and that was fun. But it came uh, to a quick conclusion. Yeah, anytime your team wins 12 nothing, if your team is the Phillies, then you can guarantee a shutout loss for them the next night. So winning 12 nothing is almost not worth it for the Phillies because you know they're going to lay a couple eggs in response to that. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a hard injury of bad times to come. Exactly. Yeah, so game two is Lauer versus Nola on the mound. Nola did his uh, his usual Nola thing for this season and went five innings, three earned, just not sharp. Uh, he continues to get strikeouts, but he cannot he cannot avoid the big hits here and there, and it's just been burying him this year. Uh, it was it was all Brewers and a ten nothing win over the Phillies. Do you think Do you think for Nola it's the yips in September? Do you think he's in his own head? I mean, he just strikes me as so calm and collected. Do you really think that it's the month of September for him, or is it just like he just doesn't have it the same way he had it in 18? Like it's just something different about him, or is it truly a mental game? I think something's different this whole year. Like, yeah, he his strikeouts have been fine. He that's like always been the way he is. And then it's the it's the mistakes or the the untimely homers that get him. I don't know how you quantify that or qualify that like I don't know what what that means in baseball terms but when you look at the events of the game that's what happens I don't know what he's doing that's causing him to get 10 strikeouts and then put up a four spot in the sixth or the seventh like I know I don't know what it is in whether it's mechanics or strategy you know like his his approach with the the pitches he's shaking off or just you know accuracy I don't know location whatever's going on i don't know what it is but he's not fully tightening it up like you see some of the other guys do and that that happens on certain outings for everybody sure but but it's been a pattern like more than a pattern it's been a routine this year yeah yeah and it's really led to the you know the the conversation about his nola the ace hasn't even been resurfaced as, as a conversation because Wheeler's just been that dominant, so it's pretty clear. But it's this awkward thing where it's just like, well, he's like pretty clearly the number two at this point going forward, which I feel bad for the dude. He's a homegrown talent. I really like him a lot, but he just he needs to earn it, and it's not happening right now. So that was the uh, the 10-0 loss to the Brewers in game two of the series. And then we just followed it up with this just like take the wind out of your sails 4-3 loss in game three of the series. Uh, you know, we score and it, we're, we're the away team here, right? We go up one nothing in the top of the first. You love to see them producing early like that. What do you do at the bottom of the first? We got Gibby starting in this one. Turn it around, give up two immediately in the bottom of the first. It's two to one. Come around to the third inning. The game is 3-3. Three, three. We've, we've come back from a 3-1 deficit. It's 3-3. Three, three. And then bottom six, Milwaukee, you know, gets one across, scratches one across the plate to make it four to three. And the Phillies are silent from the third inning on from an offensive perspective. We only had five hits the whole game, but six, seven, eight, ninth innings, 
zero runs scored. Uh, and it's not like, you know, th- this wasn't a Woodruff start. This, this was Freddie Peralta went three and two thirds, followed by largely their, their bullpen. And, you know, the Josh Hader led bullpen. Don't, don't let me throw shade on, on the Brewers. It's a fine unit, but like, come on. Are we really going to go that length of time? It's just not clutch hitting. It makes you question their will to win is how I feel about it. Yeah, you kind of have to get to that point because it was all, and and we'll touch on this, but, you know, it's all laid out there in front of you. You're doing it. You're doing it, Phillies. You're keeping yourself in it. You're in the hunt. You got a couple guys on, you know, consistently firing on, on most cylinders. And you have some role guys popping up here and there, like, you know, the offense somehow not completely dying with Reese out of it. You know, that's like kind of miraculous, but then, you know, you have the chance to capitalize in games themselves. I'm not talking in, in a whole series, but you know, in a game it's right there for you and you just don't come and take it. And it's, that's really the difference I think between the, the really good teams and just the, the okay teams, it's, you know, you somehow find a way to win. I know it sounds so cliche, but that's literally what it is over 162. You win the toss-ups. You score when you should. You you somehow get that run. When the when the inning starts and nobody's on base, you somehow get somebody on, get them around. Like you, you're not waiting for Bryce to get up again so he can hit a right. solo home run. Somehow someone can come through and it just happens. It's not it's no, it's no strategy or it's small ball or not small ball. It's nothing. It's just, you score a run. And and that, that's what makes the difference to me. I think the, and this will segue nice into the final series with the Rockies, but like to your point about teams, just find a way to get it done. Teams also find a way to, to, to beat bad teams. Like at this point in the season, everyone has shown their true colors for who they are. Like the records stand for themselves. You know how good a team is. You know what they're made of. You have the scout. We have a great idea of what we're going up against. Good teams find a way to split or certainly win series. And the Phillies just have this tendency in the past really several years. I mean, it's, it's really obvious when we play the Marlins, but I mean, even think about this year with the, we've had trouble with the Rockies this year who are objectively a bad team. Think about, you know, the, the, we had two series against the Diamondbacks and had a really tough time with them the first time through. It, the defense early in the season, the inability to get a run across the play when we need to, the inability to put bad teams away. If these are the marks of your team, how is your fan base going to be like cheering you on into the postseason? It just, it doesn't add up. And yet there is still a path to that, which is crazy. But that led to the, to the, Rocky series, which was a, a four-game set, started last Thursday the 9th, and, and we dropped the first one uh, four to three. And this was, um, you know, uh, I couldn't even tell you the, the four guys who pitched for the Rockies, but Ranger goes out for us. And again, he does exactly what he's built to do. Six innings, spreads out five hits, one earned run, six strikeouts. It's almost, you, at this point, we can say it's vintage Ranger. You'll love to see it. But it's just not enough because we go virtually, um, you know, do the same thing as in the Brewer series. Sorry. We score one in the first. So we're ahead. They equalize it in the fourth one-to-one. 
We go ahead two to one in the sixth. And then the bullpen surrenders three big ones in the ninth. And then we try and, you know, make some noise in the bottom of the ninth at home as we are in the hunt for the playoffs and can't uh, make a comeback happen. Uh, we give up 11 total hits to the Rockies, who then manage four runs to outpace our three and drop the first game of the series there. Dude, you're, you're not even – you're being way too nice. I need to run through the play-by-play for the top of the night. So, like you said, Phillies up 2-1 at home, trying to capitalize against baseball's worst road team, the Rockies. You've done the work. You've got the lead. You send in Ian Kennedy to get the save. Here's how he goes in the top of the ninth. First guy up, strikes him out. Second guy up, gets a fly out. Two quick outs. Okay. Two quick outs. You got the lead. Here we go. Then he allows a single. Okay. No big deal. Guy on first. Just get the outs. Two outs. Just, just pitch for an out. So Kennedy goes ahead and gets two strikes on the pinch hitter, Ryan McMahon. And for some reason, when he's up 0-2, Kennedy decides to throw a hanging curveball, which is not his pitch no, at all. He's spoken in the past about how he relies on his fastball and doesn't see a need to go away from that. Yet he does here. I don't know whose decision this is. Hangs it, and McMahon smashes a two-run home run to just like that, take the lead away from the Phillies. So you're one strike away from a win here. Just get the out, dude. But no, Ian Kennedy, who forgot how to pitch when he got traded, comes over <laughs> here doing the absolute worst disservice to the powder blue throwback uniforms because True, his pants dude. that he wears are like seven sizes too long. So like men's pants, you know, like when you buy in the dress pants, the slacks, if you will, you got a length measurement on there, a length size, right? So guys will be like, guys will be like 20, 28, 30, 32, 34. So Kennedy, he's, I mean, he's probably, I don't know if he's tall or not, whatever. He probably needs a 30 length, right? The dude's probably wearing like 46s out there. Looks like Ryan Howard, to be honest. He looks like Ryan Howard on the mound with those pants, dude. Dude, it's so bad. I don't, he looks like when you got a kid who's like 16 and he's got like the sports award, sports yep. award dinner banquet. Yep. And he's just a sports kid. So all he wears is like shorts and athletic shirts. But, but he got this sportsmanship award or something. <laughs> he's got a borrowed dad slacks. Dude waddles up there to accept his award, all awkward, you know, acne and everything. The hair's too long because he needs a haircut, but he thinks it's cool. <laughs> scathing, scathing. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is how I feel about Kennedy right now. And the pants are too long. And honestly, the way he treated it, treated the uniforms, the throwbacks, it led me to the point where I'm I'm fully here. You can't convince me otherwise, Gord. I know you're our powder blue boy. Oh my but word! Let's just let's just stop it with the powder blue uniforms. Well, if we're going to do this on Thursdays, then it's it's nothing. Now, the to your point, that the 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 breaking ball that he throws there, the the catcher has set up low for he wants it out of the zone. He hangs it for sure. But why throw the pitch that is not your bread and butter in that situation? 
because it is meaty. I mean, that is like, I look at that pitch as I'm watching the replay over and over again, as, as I'm torturing myself. It's just like, I think I could have put a really solid piece of contact on that ball. That was right there for the taking. And then Mitch, it gets worse from there. It just gets worse. Oh yeah. Uh, next guy up, Kennedy gets two strikes on this guy as well. You know, stop that. We got the loss, but it's only, or we, we, we lost the lead, but it's only one run deficit. We still got our last licks coming up bottom nine. Joe leaves Kennedy out there. Kennedy gets two strikes on Sam Hilliard. And again, with two strikes, my man, this was a blast. He just absolutely rocketed the ball out to right field, back-to-back home runs, out to two-run deficit for the Phillies. And, and yeah, anything can happen when you're at home, catch that magic. But you're down – you're up one, headed into the ninth, and then suddenly your offense is told, no, you didn't do enough. We need two more from you to tie it. And three if you want to walk out of here with a win. So it's like that's a tough position to put the offense in. And they battled more than I thought they would. They scratched one across, but you know, stranded the stranded the would-be tying run. And man, I I don't know. The bullpen being this weak and and having this little fortitude at this point in the season does not bode well. It does not bode well. And this this spelled the you know it set the tone for the entire series because we didn't go out the next night on Friday and uh, just show very little signs of life. We dropped this one eleven to two. I, I almost don't even want to talk about this that much. I mean, this is again oh. to your point before. This is the this was the the bullpen game two We said oh it almost worked that time you know it worked pretty well you know not terrible against the the Brewers that one time why don't we try this again and uh, yeah no that it, it didn't work so great. No, let's not talk anymore about it. Whatever. It's bad. It's real bad. Yeah. Then when you head on for game three, uh, you'd think the Phillies would finally wake up. And, oh, guess what? They did. 6-1 win. Um, you know, this is what they were supposed to do in game one of the series. They're supposed to come out like this. Just no, I don't even want to say exert the dominance. Just do the job. Yep. So uh, it's, that's, they can do this. They can beat the Rockies. I mean, evidently they can't, but you know, like the teams they've beaten this year and the stretches of games they've had success in, they can full well beat the Rockies until they can't. So yeah, bottom of the fourth, just capitalizing on mistakes. They get three spot there. Uh, weird, uh, just like a weird double bunt from Oduble. If you saw that, that was like an interesting play. You don't see that much, but two R two RBI double on a bunt for a double. Interesting. Uh, Gene Score added an insurance blast. Uh, Rockies got one off a solo home run, but I mean, you know, more insurance to come for the Phillies to make it a six-one win. This is this is all they needed to do the whole series. It, like no one did anything spectacular or out of the blue. Nope. I mean, it was it was good pitching performance by Wheeler, of course, but it. It was nothing crazy or, you know, all-star level that they needed to get this 6-1 win, and it just felt like climbing a mountain. Appropriate. Because the Rockies, you know. And that led to game four in the set, which, uh, you know, why why split a series when you can drop it in a heartbreaking fashion, 
um, to the visiting worst worst team on the road. I, somebody tweeted this at some point, but it's just like, ah, nothing like the worst team on the road coming in and probably not being the worst team on the road after they leave. That's a really great feeling for us. Um, yeah, this one was uh, one Ryan Feltner, whoever the heck that is, went three and two-thirds versus our own Aaron Nola, who, again, to the point you made earlier, had 10 Ks over five and one third, but uh, still somehow gave up three earned runs at some point in there. Now, you know, it was, it was Hector who would give up two more earned later on. So it wasn't all uh, Nola's fault, but it's just, I, I have nothing for these folks. I, the, the headline that came out of a, uh, I guess this isn't great form because this is like a, a rival pod slash blog, but the good fight said uh, of this entire series and this last loss, because this was, it was Sunday that this game happened. The headline was, and there goes any more mention of the team in this city this year. Rockies five, Phillies four. And that is a little bit what it feels like now here on the off day with us dropping three or four to the Rockies and the Eagles playing really well on Sunday. Like, it feels like the tides have turned against the Phillies for what seems to me emotionally like the last time. I don't necessarily hope that that's the case because as we'll kind of go over here shortly, we're only two and a half out. It's not a foregone conclusion, but aside from Bryce and and Wheeler, like who is genuinely fighting? Who is genuinely, who genuinely wants to will these guys into the postseason? I don't know. Uh, The the list is short. Those two guys are, are two guys you can't come for when you dissect this performances this year. Absolutely. You can't ask for more out of those two. I mean, we didn't talk about any of this, but throughout this stretch of games, Bryce just absolutely continued his tear that he's on. I don't even understand it. Up to 32 home runs, OPS of 1.032. It's inspiring. Inspirational. Because, and here's just a quick thing, because you know how I get when I start my, my Harper rants, especially my broad, broad level Harper rants Mm -hmm. about how, you know, the whole overrated thing and just the, the perception he has from fans around. I'm not going to get all into that. But the thing that I think a lot of people worried about is that when Bryce came here, he would never get back to the heights that he reached in some of his best seasons in Washington. But he has. I mean, this is just an unreal season. Yep, you can 100% look. Yeah, you can look anywhere in the stat book and see it. It's this is relieving in a way to me because I like to play the game of justifying the Harper contract to my friends who aren't Phillies fans. So this is good news for me, uh, at least in that realm, if no others. But yeah, that I mean that that Harper's been going off. That's the only positive I feel like really talking about. Here's one more positive that is still in play miraculously. Uh, the prop bet, it's currently sitting at 59 total home runs. No. Dude, now wait just one minute. We're looking at 20 more games. I think, I know it's 19 more games. It's 19 more games. If he can hit 10 home runs in 19 games, one, he will be definitely crowned the MVP. But we also cash in on our big prop bet. Uh, so I'm just saying, it's it's right. he's on pace for 66.8, which in and of itself is unbelievable that we're even talking about that but I, i'm kind of i'm kind of scared of losing that bet now but 
I think he's got I think he's got more than 19 games to do it. I don't know. I can't do the math right now. Like, like I said, I'm not feeling so good. So it's it's not gonna work for me to, to sit here and count. That's it's the asking a little bit too much. I'm looking uh, at the schedule. I'm pretty sure it's 19. So okay. Are we gonna have this out right now? Well, I'll just take it from me, the healthy person remaining on this podcast. I'm gonna ask you to trust me. <laughs> I'm dude, I'm seeing 20. I'm sorry, I'm seeing 20. I'm maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I've been wrong many times before on this pod. In fact, it's actually part of my regular bit. That's very humble of you to say that. We have an off uh, day on the 27th. I see 20 days remaining. I see 19 games. You don't see three Cubs, three Mets, three, three Cubs, games. three Mets, three Orioles, I mean, nine, one, right two, there. three, four Pirates, three Braves, three Marlins. Three, six, nine, plus four is 13 plus three is 16. Nine and four is 13. <laughs> I think that's 19, right, Mitch? I might, well, if you, if I you, might. Well, if you, if you count it that way. Well, yeah, Mitch is like, yeah, if you carry the one, it's fine. Um, I might leave this. I probably won't. <laughs> Depends on how I'm feeling about you at the end of this call, is if I leave this or not. I have no friends on this podcast. Let me say this. The, the headquarters, the, the thing I'm looking at was made by Andrew. So you're questioning Andrew's handiwork in Excel by even questioning in the first place. That, yeah. You know, I love to rip on Andrew, but that's one area I should not question. That is true. You know, that while he's true. not here, we give him a hard time, but that that's our dude. So he's probably not listening anymore after the ridiculousness that we've just put out. That's uh, true. But you know, if he isn't, if he is listening, Andrew, I'll give you the Harry Cow's treatment. We love you, bud. Think of it this way, Mitch. You, you kind of, in when you learned how to count to 19, you kind of gave us a free preview to the next games that we have <laughs> on the schedule. <laughs> That's right. What a segue. And I don't even have to try for this. Yeah, today's the off day. I think much needed, although I don't know. I hate when they're not playing. If I wasn't so upset at them, what it usually does is just ruin my day when there's not a Phillies game. But today's, I guess it's okay. Uh, so three at three at home versus the Cubs. Cubs aren't great this year, but you know, far from bad. Then three, City Field versus the Mets. Uh, you know, that's I I want the Phillies to finish ahead of the Mets, probably more than I want the Phillies to make the playoffs. <laughs> And that's bad. I I wish I could change it, but that's that's my lie detector test would, would show that that's the truth. So I hope the Phillies don't get swept or lose that series. Can change who you are. After they uh, playing the Mets in New York, Phillies are home hosting Orioles for three, Pirates for four. So that's a you know got to beat up on them if we we want to stay in the hunt at all. And then. After an off day, it's a big showdown with the Braves down in Atlanta. Three-game set, you know, that's – if we're still anywhere near it, then that's 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 going to be huge because if we're near the division, we'll need those games to claw, claw back up. But And then Atlanta plays the Mets in their final three games of the se- season, and we play the Marlins, which – Yeah. That's – depending on how the Mets kind of fare here – we have the chance to really kind of, I think, put the nail in the coffin on the Mets a little bit. The run differentials on the teams we're about to play. Minus 112 on the Cubs for the season. Minus three for the Mets. 
minus 257 for the Orioles and minus 209 for the Pirates. As has been well documented, these are not good teams that we're playing. It's important that we actually show up. Yeah, so that's kind of all there is to say. The long and short of it is, is that we're playing these bad teams over the course of whatever that is, 13 games or so. We're four and a half out on the division. And then we're two and a half out on the wild card. And you could get done those 13 games and you could be within a shot at the division for sure. And two and a half of the wild card is, is still a miracle by any standard uh, right now, because that's just a testament to how bad the NL is, I guess, right now, the fact that that's still that close for competition, but yeah, it's, it's right there for the taking. It's just a matter of if the Phillies are going to decide to wake up and, and play baseball. I'm going to give you two pessimity readings of those standings. First up, the division. Here's how I look at that. Four and a half back of the Braves, you said. So yep. that's all well and good. Say we close that gap a little bit before we have that three-game series with them. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the bad news. We could go two and one versus the Braves in that series. And as Phillies fans, I think we'd feel great about that. Like that's kind of clutch to take two, two or three. Like good job. Did, you did what you had to do. You're only netting a game there, though. Like, I mean, True. it's tough. It's three games. It's not a lot of time. You can't rely on that series. It's, you know, the only options are plus one game in the standings, plus three games in the standings, which you cannot count on, or minus one in the standings, or minus three. So it's uh, feast or famine is too extreme of a way to say it. But, you know, there's no – this isn't a miracle – uh, you know, life raft coming out here this series against the Braves. We can't just turn it on for three days and expect that that's going to solve everything. And then looking at the wild card, the problem with that, you see 2.5, you think not bad, but the wild card is a moving target mm-hmm. because you're not catching one team. You're catching, you know, the best of five teams. So, you know, you, you don't just have to play better than the Padres in the next couple of weeks or just better than the Reds, you know, because you doing that would mean nothing if the Cardinals were insanely hot or heck the Mets go off. Like the two and a half, two and a half behind the Padres doesn't really mean anything. Uh, Especially when we saw just, just recently the Reds playing the Cardinals. So you think, Oh yeah, Reds lost. That's great. But every Reds loss means the Cardinals are moving up past the Phillies. So it's, the wild card two and a half is not as low you know it's not we're not as close as it might seem with the two and a half all we can do is just win as many as we can couldn't have put it better myself i i guess i just bigger picture we have covered the ups and downs of this team as we set out to do and I've noticed that when we record after, you know, on the heels of a big win streak, by the time the episode even comes, you know, out to the listeners, uh, you know, out to the airwaves through the various apps, the Phillies have already lost that winning streak, possibly started a losing streak. You know, things change quickly. And it seems like our episodes are bad juju or something when you look back at it. So, like, for instance, we dropped the first place feeling episode a few weeks mm-hmm. or months ago. By the yeah. time we dropped the episode, the Phillies' lead on first was down to a half game, and they lost it the next day. So, it, we maybe are not the best luck for the Phillies. I don't know. 
then there was another win streak we were on just last time and by the time the episode came out we were well again we're we're already back to our bad ways dropping to a three to the marlins um so hopefully us being you know in our little pity party here means that the phillies turn it on tomorrow we'll see uh, another thing i don't want to talk about is you know directly after we basked in the glory of the mets woes they ripped off like eight wins in 10 games or something and now the mets are very much a factor in the phillies rearview mirror as they always were but in, you know more imminent than ever it's you know i can only hope that that trend continues and that all of the bad things that we're talking about now are you know, just little blips on the radar compared to the success the Phillies have by the time you listeners hear this episode. A little reverse psychology on the Phillies right now and really the entire MLB from you right there. We're going for kind of the the reverse psych juju. Could work. Yeah, you got to try everything at this point right we're mixing it up we're turning the hats inside out we're turning them backwards we're putting you know we're the whole nine yards we will go to all lengths to see the Phillies succeed in the end of the I do I do miss Andrew because it's fun when he's on it's more fun yeah I mean I, I get that I'm not enough for you Mitch I understand well, well I mean no I mean in truth though like the the whole premise is gone without him so I'm, I'm feeling hollow myself so I understand where you're coming from but, you know, hopefully the Phillies give us something something more to talk about. They always do. Whether it's good or bad, you don't know, but they always give you something to talk about. And rest assured, we will be putting ourselves through that uh, and talking about whatever happens over these coming days. And uh, hopefully our man Andrew gets well soon and can come on and listen to us babble and ask us the odd question that we try our best to answer. Absolutely. It's not our highest note that we're ending on. But it's a note nonetheless. As always, I want to thank everybody for joining us here uh, on the pot. If you want to find all of our previous episodes and or our future episodes, you can go and find that along with our social links and our merch store. You can go to our website, fillmeinpod.com. That's P-H-I-L, meinpod.com. So for myself, for Mitch, and for NyQuil Andrew. This has been Fill Me In. We're out of here. Out of here. Out of here.